What's going on, guys? Thanks for joining on another episode of Backroom Footy Podcast. I've got Aaron and Ricardo here recording today. Fellas, how are we doing? Fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited yeah. about this one. I love it when you lead it, Gio. I'm ready to talk pressure off me. Takes the pressure off me for a little bit. Ready to talk some Italian football here. Let's go. Yeah, that's that's the, you know whenever there's going to be City as a main feature, that's when um, I perk up and that uh, I don't have to hear you know Ricardo talk about how you know Fofana is going to be the next big thing and Chelsea's <laughs> for sure going to get him and all this BS. So <laughs> let's uh, let's dive right in. Um, so as you guys know. Uh, the English Premier League has already kicked off. We had some really entertaining games over the past weekend here. Um, some surprising results, some um, you know, some interesting results that I think might play a big part in the uh, the season here. But um, with that being said, we have City uh, kicking off this weekend, and as you guys can expect, I am really, really excited. So, with that being said. Um, let's just kind of jump into a bit of a preview here. So a lot of new, um, new stuff to jump into. I mean, a lot of teams have been very active on the market. I think, um, especially in the, in the top half of the table, um, we've seen a lot of movement, um, especially with, uh, the teams in Inter, Juventus and Roma have been very, very active. Let's jump into a top four prediction and I'm going to shoot over to Aaron first as sort of the betting connoisseur, if you will. Um, Aaron, uh, in terms of the top four, it's been one thing I've loved about City uh, over the past few years has been lots of parity. Um, it's kind of come down to the end in, in terms of who's going to qualify for Champions League and in some cases, who's going to win Scudetto. So, Aaron, who do you think is going to finish top four? Um, well, like you said, Gio, I'm an odds man, so I love looking at the odds. But without looking at the odds, I think the team that has made the biggest jump um, in this offseason slash France market has been Roma. Um, you know, for That's me, a good call. Uh, no, no. For, for me, as you know, I, I don't follow Syria as much. I would just consider them like, you know, I don't want to say a scrub team, but okay. Starting off great, and then but, just but they've team. made they've made fantastic <laughs> they've made fantastic moves in this transfer window, and I'll let Gio dive to, dive deeper because I know he's going to speak with passion on that. So Roma, in, in no particular order, Roma. Um, both Milan's uh, Inter and AC Milan, and then um, uh, who's oh Juventus, obviously. Um, that's yeah, they're easy to four. forget, so don't worry. Uh huh. Yeah, in that, uh, Napoli's taking a drop, obviously losing Insigne, um, but they haven't really done much in the transfer window. I mean, if Napoli has a decent season, they have a chance of cracking the top four. But um, according to the odds makers, they don't see that happening at all. I don't oh, see it happening at all either, to be honest. No Rick, chance. Let's, let's go to you. What do you what do you feel about the top four? Well, just going off of Aaron, what, of what Aaron just said, Napoli, no chance. Uh, they lost Insigne. They lost. Uh, well, they're about to lose Fabian. Most uh, very very likely they're going to lose Fabian uh, Reese, who was also a big one in there, one of the bigger bigger players. But yeah, moving away from from Napoli, who's definitely not going to be in that top four. I think that you might be underestimating. Well. I would say Juventus, but Allegri hasn't really convinced me. Um, I don't think Roma. Roma has definitely been up there in terms of uh, transfer business this summer. Uh, they've been very smart about it. I think they've spent, what, Gio, about $15 million or something? Um, less than that. Uh, oh, no, sorry, you're right. Um, mind you, no. So I think it's More actually, or less. I think the only thing that they've 
actually actively paid for so far has been um, Zeki Celik. Uh, Vinaldum is coming on a loan with an option to buy at around $8 million. So um, everything else has been free so far, I believe. Which is amazing. If you can get Nemanja Matic, uh, Wijnaldum, very, like, who have a lot of experience in a, in, a big, in a tough league like the Premier League, and then Dybala, who's been steady up, proven already and, and dominated the league at, at, at some point. He's also 28, I believe he just turned. So he's also entering what could be could still be his prime. I don't think we've seen the best of Dybala yet in Serie A. So I think it's great transfer business. But Juventus have also done um, a, a fair had a fair window, I think. Um, just uh, now offloading Rabiot, which is even better. They're looking to offload Arthur, right? But obviously, taking into account what they did last transfer window with uh, Vlahovic and Sakaria, I think that's very, very good uh, business. And then just bringing in Di Maria, they're about to bring Kostic. Um, I think it's Bremer, of course, is a big one because he's, he's been proven, he's proven himself in the Serie A. So I think Juventus are, also have a big chance. For my top four, I'm going to definitely put him in there. Um, Inter is definitely going to be there again, I think. And I would have to say AC Milan and, um, and Roma, to be honest. I think we're all going to be, be, we're all going to agree on the four teams that are going to be in there. I just might, I think we might not agree on the order specifically. Are we doing the order? You know what? I think, um, yeah, let's do the order because honestly, it's not that exciting. I think we all, like you said, have the same top four. And I think if you go across the board with, Bands and pundits and who and whoever I think most people are pretty pretty comfortable saying that. But the the interesting thing will be the order. Um, so yeah, let's start. Uh, let's go back to Ricardo. Um, yeah. Ricardo, what is your top four in order? Aye, aye, aye. Um, top four in order. I'm gonna go with. You know what? I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Inter. I'm gonna mm-hmm. go with Inter winning the Scudetto. Juve. Being second, AC Milan dropping to third this year, and Roma being fourth. That's fair. Aaron, how about you? Let me just start off by saying Roma's going to be fourth by a mile. It's not going to be. Okay, we'll come back. I can't wait to revisit this. (laughs) (laughs) Can someone, yeah, take hot take, put it on the Twitter page, follow us at Backroom Footy. Um, Love it. I love it. (laughs) Roma's going to be fourth by a mile. I'd say this, let me say this, before I reveal my top three. Roma is going to be 15 to 25 points behind first place this year. Closer to 25. That could, I could see that. That's, that's ridiculous, but go on. <laughs> and then it's going to be obviously tight, but I would bet third, Inter second, and my boys, AC Milan winning the league. There's, oh, there's They're doing bad. it again? Oh there's my some, god, some, that is yeah. such a there, bad there's some Honestly, honestly, there. And if we look, if we look back at this um, later on, I, I might be completely wrong, but I know I'm going to be right about one thing, and that's Roma finishing fourth by a billion miles. So. I, I mean, what the <laughs> hell has Milan done so far that really? That's like, that's the that's the one thing that worries me. They haven't. I don't think they they were linked to Renato for the longest time, Renato Sanchez, and then it didn't happen. Uh, they lost Kessier, so they definitely needed someone else in there. I don't, I don't, I don't think they've done well enough in the transfer market, but who knows? Maybe they can. They can kind of... Well, they brought you know, in that kid. Um, I, I, I'm going to butcher his name, but I believe it's De Ketelare or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, he seems like he's going to be very good. Okay, but he's going to have some time to adjust. And I, I don't think he's going to be um, an immediate upgrade to, like you said, losing Kessier. Um, so, honestly, Milan... I mean, you also, they also did bring in uh, Divo Carigi, who I think is a good, is a fair 
okay, yeah, he's I think he's good. He's a second or third choice striker, whatever. No, but he would perform consistently every time no. he was down. Oh, come on. He's at Liverpool? He's he's fine. He's fine. That's it. That's all I'll say about him. He's fine. He's nothing. Giroud, I really like. I think Giroud's going to have oh, a big year. Um, obviously. I, I have him in my fantasy fantasy pool for City as one of my main main strikers. So he'll have a good year. I, I mean, Milan winning the Scudetto last year was such a weird, weird situation. Like, it, it, no, I don't want to say it was undeserved because that's not fair to them. They won it fair and square. But they just kind of like... I, I don't know. It, it's like every week you were like, how are they doing this? And it's yeah. like, yeah, when are they going to fail? And I think now, I think the potion has, has ran out. And I think that they're going to come back to reality. Inter's too good. And Juve, quite frankly, has upgraded too much for them. To but Gio, it was, the same, it was the same thing before, right? It was the same thing the, the year before with AC Milan when they were second. Um, the exact same thing. You kept asking yourself, how are they doing this? How are they doing this? The Zlatan effect, whatever you want to call it, right? That's what it was for most of the season. But then he got injured and they still kept winning games and, 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 they, and they ended up being second over Juventus, over every other team except for Inter, right? And it was one point difference. Um, so I, that just means that they're consistent and that they know how to win games and how to, be, how, how to dominate the league. So I think that that's why I would say it might be a fair shout for Aaron to say that AC Milan's going to be up there. Not a fair shout. It's stupid. Anyways, um, <laughs> just kidding. I just I, I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, Belotti seemingly on his way to Roma. So yeah, I think it's going to be Roma's going to be a, a team to be reckoned with. And I took in their their friendly against Shakhtar, and they were just the fluidity of the players. The chemistry is already gelling beautifully amongst the big four there: Pellegrini, Abraham, Dybala, and Zaniolo. So um, add Belotti to that. Hey, mix. but I'm hearing that I'm I'm. I mean, first off, what's going on with Velotti? Why is it taking so long? For Roma, it to be is, Roma has to offload Eldor Shamudadov before they can announce Velotti. It's a matter of time. Uh, it's a matter of time. So they're 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 engaged. Um, they're yeah, they're they're engaged with Bologna right now. Both teams have agreed to an obligation clause. It's just a matter of that fee. Roma wants fifteen million. Bologna wants somewhere closer to ten. Um, uh, but. I mean, honestly, I think if you look at all the analysts, Shamudov wants to move, Roma wants to move, and Belotti wants to move, and Genoa wants, or sorry, Bologna wants to move. So it's going to happen, in my opinion. Um, and once that does, Belotti is basically signed at this point. It's just a matter of, of and also we're waiting for to offload Clivert, who's on his way to the Premier League, which we'll touch on soon. Um, he'll be joining Fulham more than likely. So, um, yeah, that's basically it there. Um, but nonetheless, I want to, since we've spent some time on the city uh, here with some questionable opinions from Aaron, I want to do some quick ones here. Both quick um, from both of you guys. So I'll start with Aaron on this one. Most impactful new signing in the city uh, and the team that you think will disappoint the most in this year's uh, city. Uh. We're all going to say the same one here, but okay. Yeah. I think I think for me it's Paulo Dybala. Ah. <laughs> I mean, you go with me first. That was Roma, 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 okay. Roma's going to finish fourth by a mile. But I mean, if they didn't sign Dybala, they would have been like fifth or sixth by a mile. So or but, like, or wait, but okay, listen, let's let, we can't repeat though. We can't repeat the same player. Let's just get let's make that a rule. Sure, okay. I agree. Perfect. All right, well, I took I took Dybala. So, and what team do you think will disappoint the most? Wow, oh, interesting one because. 
you know, I don't want to. I don't want to stick with the top four because I think Napoli is going to take a step back. But yeah, God, this guy's just taking everything I want to say. That's all good. But Napoli is a pretty easy one to. I think they're going to get like a significant step back. Obviously, people know that they're not going to have the best season this year because they are taking a step back. But I think they're going to take a significant step back, and I, I don't. I think I predict them maybe to finish. Seventh to tenth in, in the table. Ooh, that's a spicy, spicy meatball. Seventh to tenth, no chance. They will drop Napoli. Napoli's not going to come tenth. I could see them come seventh easily. Okay, seventh, maybe, maybe. I think like that would be like that would be like worst case scenario. Like, look, Napoli. Look, just for the listeners to to hear, they have lost Insigne for free. They have lost Kudubali for free. They're about to lose Ruiz for not free, but they're going to lose Ruiz. No, Kudubali was forty million. Oh, my apologies. That's right. They yeah, did yeah. sell Kudubali. Sorry, it was Insignia for free. They sold Kudubali, um, replaced him with Minje Kim, who I I, I got to be honest, I don't know much about him, so I don't really want to comment on whether he's great or bad or whatever. Um, we'll see. They've lo- uh, they're going to lose Ruiz. They, for some odd reason, have loaned out Alex Meret to Spezia in the hope of an, uh, landing Kepa de Zibelaga, but that hasn't for that hasn't um, uh, come to fruition yet. So I don't actually know what they're doing. Like Oriello Di Laurentiis is an absolute nutcase out of the owners. Um, so I don't know what's going on. But Napoli, yes, they're drop off, but I don't. I, I could not see them come tenth. If they come tenth, Aaron, um, I'll pay for the next two trips to Minerva's. Oh. Um, <laughs> how, about, how about a pie to the face? I love how you just uh, you just said this to Aaron and not me. That's fine. I, I don't even want to go. But you no, know what? No, like, can I get can I get my opinion? Can I I'm get my waiting. opinion in here? Or, I'm or? Waiting, okay, I'll, my take. Here we go. Um, okay, since Aaron took Dybala, I'm gonna go with ah no. You know I would have picked this one, but no. Um, okay, I think I got two. I got two. Um, you said signing, right? Most impactful signing. Yes, it has to be okay. a new player. Okay, okay. Um, so you, I can, I could go with Di Maria at Juventus, but um, I think he's, he's Di Maria is more of an established talent, and he's I think he could dominate in the Serie A. Um, but I also have Lukaku coming back to Inter. Okay, I think so why do, why do you list the uh, why do you list the six other players and take all the options from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, okay, uh, and then the disappointment. Gosh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Lazio. I'm Good gonna call. go with Lazio. Yeah, they're usually kind of up there, fourth, fifth. You know, maybe third sometimes for a period in the every year. And uh, I think they're gonna be much lower, much much lower than that. All right, fair enough, boy. So I'll quickly rip through this one here. Uh, most impactful signing. I was gonna say. Um, I was gonna say Lukaku. Um, <laughs> But, I'm sorry. Uh, that was kind of gutless on your part. Um, so Dybala <laughs> has been has been taken. Um, so I mean, obviously we've kind of gone on and, and taken all the the big fish off the board here. So um, I mean, me- I can I can change mine, but it's 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 a link. It's not a signing yet. I'm interested. What is it, Aaron? Who is it? You know what I'm gonna say. Say it. Break his heart. It's. Memphis the pie oh, to Juventus. Uh, yeah, that's a drink for our listeners. <laughs> Memphis the pie, I think. 
Uh, if if he comes in, I think he's going to be one of the most impactful players. But anyways, you were keep going, keep going. I'm sorry. I, I don't know about that. I mean, they've already got Vlahovic, and like, is he really? He's going to do well, probably. But is he going to really? Uh, you know? Yeah, but Vlahovic is out of the question. He's not a signing, so. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Well, um, that's fair. Uh, let's see here. Hmm. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to answer. Um, I'm going to answer the the second question first. Actually, so I'm going to answer who's going to disappoint the most. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Sassuolo. I think with Sassuolo, I mean, look, they're they're a team that sells a lot. I mean, they kind of bring guys' values up and then tend to turn them for a profit. And um, you know, losing Skamaka is going to hurt. Um, I, now it appears that Raspadori is really pushing to go to either Napoli or Juventus. So um, we'll see what happens there. I mean, Davide Fratesi um, is another place, player that's pushing to get out and, and trying to try to get to Roma, um, you know, his, his boyhood club there. And the way they just kind of pummeled out of the Coppa Italia against a newly promoted Serie B team in Modena. They're going to struggle mightily, and, and I think that uh, that might be might be a major issue for um, Dionysi and his job there. Yeah, that kind of wraps up our Serie A preview coming into this week, um, and I will move on to something else here because I know the boys are itching to get away from Italy. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's move on to uh, some transfer related uh, transfer related things here. So. As we were talking about Napoli, we just got off of them there. It appears that Fabian Ruiz is very close to Paris Saint-Germain. So let's start with Ricardo. What do you think of Fabian Ruiz? Do you think, A, he's a good fit at PSG? And how big of a loss will this be for Napoli if it happens? With me, Fabian, personally, he's not my favorite type of midfielder. But he, I know he has quality. I know that he, the technical ability, uh, the vision... You know, the ability to go up and down the field uh, and be impactful both defensively and offensively is, is, is there. I just personally don't love him. But I think that, and then now, I don't know if you asked the question, but if not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there. Is PSG now able to, con- to be considered a contender? Obviously, not for France in the league on, but for Champions League. Because in the last, what, when did Slatan join? 10 years, in the last 10 years, uh, 10, 12 years, PSG have, have signed Di Maria, Cavani, Slatan, you know, um, Pastore, Verratti, all these guys, right? And, and I think that, and, and they had a summer where they signed Mbappe and Neymar in the same summer transfer window. And I think that this transfer window beats that one. I think that it's the smartest one they've had so far, you can you can tell that now they have an actual serious project in their hands, and and the people at the top. I think they've do, they're doing it now. They got Vitinha, Verratti is obviously going to stay there, um, and Fabian coming in. They also got Renato Sanchez, by the way, which is it's four signings in the middle of the park, and I just think that that's going to be a difference maker. Also, Messi and Neymar doing a preseason together. They're already flying, as you can you could see in the first um, match week of League One. So yeah, going back to Fabian, I think that it's 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 a good move because you can tell that it's it's something that the coach has asked for specifically. Uh, it's, so if he has, then he must think that it's that he's going to fit in perfectly with PSG, um, and you just have to trust Gautier. But per, again, personally, maybe I wouldn't have gone for him, but I do see how he can impact and how how good he can be for for PSG. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I think at this point, it's just they're adding depth, right? Um, you know, they already added Renato Sanchez, and um, Ruiz is obviously probably not going to play a, a super um, huge role in that midfield, maybe more on a rotational basis with all the, um, the, the talent that they have with guys like Ferrati, um, right? So um, it'll be interesting to see. I am curious. I, I'm so curious to see how he's going to make it work because all these guys are, I mean, maybe except for Vitinha, um, all these guys have are like sort of high profile signings you know but that is obviously not going to be um on the bench at all he's going to play as every every anytime he's fit he's going to play and that's how it should be and then you got renato who had a great couple seasons with with lille um and now joining so he's obviously looking to um to keep dominating in, in league on and then you got vitinha who's a bit more of a youngster um with 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 fabian right so i don't know how he's gonna make it work uh we'll see we'll see how he does yeah no it'll be interesting i mean the pressure is always on for them to um you know to perform in the champions league so that'll be interesting uh moving on to um another uh champions league um you know hopeful is bayern munich um aaron so bayern munich it appears has scored what is it, 11 goals in their past two games their offense has exploded. Um, the additions of Sadio Mane seems to really be be gelling well. What are your thoughts on Bayern, Aaron, um, in terms of their start, and um, what do you, what do you think? Um, you know, what do you think the future holds for them? Can we rewind to our previous podcast? I forget which episode it was. When I was like, you know, Bayern, they have the culture, they have the discipline. Yes, they may struggle to start with without Lewandowski, but they're going to figure it out. And even I was wrong; they figured it out right away already. Uh, way too early prediction, obviously, but um, beating Frankfurt 6-1, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want? They lose their main key cog striker. I- I'm not too sure how long Lewandowski was at Bayern Munich for a long, long time. They lose eight, him. Eight years, nine years, and something like that. Eight, nine years not worrying about what the heck's going on because you got him up top so they know their attack is set they lose him first league game back dropping six goals they're fine yeah yeah sky's the limit just because of the uh the culture and what they've built over there i feel like a lot of people underestimate that and always look at talent i I think culture is huge 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 and they got the talent too yeah obviously they have they have talent but this is where the culture the discipline the humbleness the lack of egos, at least from the outside, right? There may be egos inside the locker room, but at least they don't present it outside, which means that's a team that's ready to win. And they got all the wheels turned. Yeah, and, and you know what? Like, I think with that one, I don't know why we didn't see it sooner because, I mean, obviously we knew they weren't going to struggle in the Bundesliga. Like, nobody was questioning um, that they were going to win the title this year because they are 100%. If I'm wrong, then I'm paying Minerva for Minerva's boys. Uh, but I'm just saying... Like it's it's something that we should have seen coming a little bit. Obviously, they they have played. I, I want to say two out of the four other big teams in the league, right? Eintracht Frankfurt is recently had had done well. They just played the the Super Cup against Real Madrid. They they won the Europa League. They defeating Barca and other great teams in the in the Europa League. So they are they are somewhat of a strong side. And then you can add. Dortmund, Leipzig, and Leverkusen maybe to that list, right? Um, and and they and they put five past past Leipzig in the Super Cup, and they put six past Eintracht Frankfurt, right? And I'm sure that they can put a couple, maybe three or four against um against Borussia Dortmund. But the reason I say that we should have maybe seen it coming is because you have Julian Nagelsmann, 
um, at the uh, on the bench, right? He's the coach. He's the manager. Very young coach. Uh, not a ton of experience, right? Uh, in terms of age, but he made it work with Leipzig, where in the year that Timo Werner was still there, and he didn't really have like a proper out and out number nine all the time. So he was already kind of used to, to being to having to adapt to the situation where you don't, might not have a number nine or your number nine is not the best one or is not fully relying uh, relied on to, to to put up stats and goals. And it was Timo Werner, right? That we could always jump on the wing, on the other wing uh, and kind of float around. So I, I did think that now it all makes sense. Um, and Bayern's doing great. Obviously, 11 goals in two games, uh, a title already for the Super Cup and, and a title for the Bundesliga. I'm calling it now. Um, but the oh, other wow, question, <laughs> super hot take, Gio. It's, all I do is hot takes, you know? <laughs> um, the question that I, that I have and I want to pose is we just talked about PSG being uh, a possible, a strong candidate to take the Champions League title or a contender, right? Is Bayern Munich a contender? Because yeah, they've scored 11 goals, but they also conceded four in two games. Leipzig put three goals past them. Um, and, and obviously Frankfurt scored a, a, you know, measly one goal, but still it's, it's, it's four goals conceded in two games, you know? Um, so can they, can they be that powerful force and kind of translate that into the, into the European front? Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing that's going to be the most interesting with Byron. I mean, obviously we can look at those 11 goals in the past, uh, 180 minutes and, 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 and say, you know, they're, their offense is on fire. They're clicking, and you know they they don't miss Lewandowski. You know they 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 picked up where they left off, which very well may be true. But really, what it's going to come down to is how they perform in Europe, um, again in the Champions League. And um, I think that's still a very tall task for this team. I think I think especially in big games like the Champions League, there will be moments I think where they may miss Lewandowski and, and may have to adapt. And I think um, I think the the fact of the matter is, is a lot of teams in Europe, a lot of big teams have. Uh, have improved a lot. Um, you know, Barcelona has gone on a spending spree, which is ironic. And Juventus has upgraded, although, you know, Juventus is notorious for, for not doing much in, in, in the Champions League. But, you know, that's another thing. And, and obviously the British the British teams and, you know, City and Liverpool and, you know, Chelsea and even Tottenham, you know, is, 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 is kind of a, an interesting dark horse too to kind of do some damage. So, you know, that will be the biggest test for them. I personally am not sold on Bayern yet um, being, you know, doing a whole lot in the Champions League. Um, obviously, I think they'll get out of the group stage and stuff. But I think once they run into some of those teams, those bigger clubs, uh, I think it'll be really fascinating to see because I think that, um, that you know, they might have, have some struggles uh, matching up against some of those teams there for sure. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to give us great games, high scoring games, because I'm sure they're going to be able to score um, and find the weaknesses in opposite in opposition backlines. But what about their own backline? Who is going to be the main guy? Because the Ligt was subbed in in one of the games. And now is he going to start with Pamecano? Is it going to be Lucas Hernandez? This is what I think they need to figure out before before going, definitely before the Champions League starts. Um, and then yeah. obviously you get the World Cup in between, which can also kind of disrupt some sort of momentum if you're able to pick it up. Uh, so that's it's going to be kind of tricky. I think they're going to struggle in that in that sense. Fair point, Ricky. No, that's going to be really interesting, especially with uh, like you said, the World Cup. I don't think a lot of I think a lot of people overlook that there's going to be you know a stoppage in the season, and that could 
could have some ramifications. So speaking, um, you know, Bayern obviously beating up on, on Frankfurt there. They Frankfurt played in a, in a final today against Real Madrid. And before we get into this, um, did you guys by chance catch the game with Bayern and Frankfurt? Uh, not really, no. Not really. Not much of it. Not much of it. I th- it was in Frankfurt, I believe, and yeah. they were throwing smoke. Bo- like I felt bad for Kevin Trapp. <laughs> this guy was like in a burning building. Like he was the whole net on the on the home side. Like, I don't know what they were thinking, but this poor guy was looking through fog the entire time. And I think it showed, especially on one of the goals. There was a free kick by I want to say I think it was Kimmich who scored. Yeah. Um, and he, you could just tell he completely lost track of it, but. Nonetheless, <laughs> um, Real Madrid, Frankfurt, um, 2-0 victory for Real Madrid. Not really a surprising result. What were your guys' impressions of the game today? What kind of caught your eye? What impressed you? And, and um, yeah, what was your kind of overview? Let's start with Aaron. Well, all, all I know is that one of you guys predicted that Frankfurt was going to win. Who was that? Nobody did that. No, no chance. Oh. I don't know who you've been speaking to. <laughs> I thought I thought Gio predicted in our chat there that Frank. No, I said one nil Madrid, and it should have been uh, if it wasn't for Trap. And who said two nil? Who said two nil? You must. I think you must have Big wired Rick. A, you might. You must Rick have said two nil. Rick wired a transfer payment to Kevin Trap to let in that Benzema goal. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Hey, you do what you gotta do. Some Salvadorian right? Bitcoin. How do you think Aaron wins his bets? You know, he's got Rick's got a new Bitcoin currency, the the Papusa coin, and it's skyrocketing. No, but I, uh, he's got my be, face on it. Honest, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to watch the game today. It was in the middle of the daytime here, so I didn't get a chance to catch it. But no, again, not a surprising result. Just business as usual for Real Madrid, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's the best way to describe it. Um, I, I did catch the game. You know, I, I you got to make some time for this, Aaron, by the way. Yeah, Aaron, um, look, priorities, look man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did get I did get to see it. I, I got to watch the whole game. Uh, to be honest, Real Madrid was always in control of the game. Um, maybe in the first 10, 15 minutes, Frankfurt had a couple. Courtois was, again, monumental. This guy is, is insane. The guy is a wall. Um, nothing goes past him, and and I think that Real Madrid again, it's the the transfer business was was unbelievable. I think that they kind of figured figured out what they needed, and they went for it in the in the transfer window. They got Rudiger, who's now realizing or starting to realizing that he's not going to start, and he's going to be a backup center back slash left back. Um, we have we did see him in the left back position against Barcelona in that friendly, uh, but it was just interesting to watch because obviously Frankfurt have been already they well they had two two competitive games right um sorry one competitive game this was their second whereas real madrid is still doing preseason right um their last game i believe was against juventus probably um on a friendly and they they still managed to be better uh they managed to keep the tempo up when when it was needed uh madrid casemiro and cross just they can they can dominate any game. They can. It's, it's crazy how how easy it is for them. They play. They know where each other where each of them is going to be at any given moment, and they rely on each other. And it's just it's nice to watch. But Real Madrid wasn't really. I mean, they weren't they weren't really flying. They're not flying yet. Vinicius had a couple good good plays, and obviously assisted the second goal for Benzema, which yeah, uh, obviously a little bit a little bit of help from Kevin Trapp, who, who I believe was no his view was being blocked. It was just sure. fast, and, and it was still. I mean, there. 
It was right. I yeah, I, I, you're right. I think it was a, a visual impairment there. He got blocked by a center back, but just yeah, it was, it was a tough one to watch go in because it looked pretty awful. Yeah, and then I mean, obviously Benzema got the job done, became Real Madrid's second all-time top scorer. By the way, um, now he oh. just needs what he needs about 126 goals to uh, catch Ronaldo. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to make it, but um, but yeah, it's good for him. It's, it's good for him to start the season with a goal. And then my worry again comes with Real Madrid, talking about the Champions League and their aspirations. Can they play without Benzema? Because there's a big difference uh, when he's playing and when he's not. And Ancelotti keeps saying, I'm not worried if Benzema is gets injured. I'm not worried. We have plenty of attacking players. Yes, you do. You have Eden Hazard, who seems to be retired. Five subs today, and Hazard didn't go in. Um, you got Rodrigo, who's not a proper number nine. You know, you got Mariano, who should retire. Then you got, you know, who do you have up there? Asensio. You have no, you know, Asensio can't play a number nine position. Um, so this is where I think they have to go for someone. They did lose Jovic this summer window, this transfer window. So I think they must go out there and see what they can get. You know, get a striker that can bag 10 to 12 goals this season from the bench, you know? At the same yeah. time, though, what do you want? What do you expect the manager to say? Like, oh, no, one hundred percent. I one hundred percent. He's not going to say that his 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 team is crap and that he needs players, right? Like that's sort of like the stuff that Tuco does, apparently. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but but yeah, Ancelotti knows how to manage a, a, a dressing room, and he's not going to go out there and and say it. But I hope for them that they are looking for an option because they are going to need it. You know, you should get Chicharito. You know. Get him, get him to come back. You know, this guy's going to score 10 goals. I, I can bank on him scoring 10 goals this year in La Liga if he goes back. You know who they he could were use? to go back. You know who they could use, like, ironically enough, is Borja Mayoral. Um, he, you know, he's he played well at Roma. He went on loan back to Spain, and he he played very very well. Oh no, sorry, he didn't go to did he go to Spain after he Roma? Goes, yeah, I think I think he went to Spain. Yeah, I think Hetafe. Hatafe, that's right. Um, so he played, he played well, um, and that, like, I think that's kind of the perfect, perfect profile that you were describing. And he was in, he was at Madrid. So um, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, just really quickly, I got a chance to watch the Madrid Frankfurt final as well. Quite honestly, I think Frankfurt played a pretty good game in terms of you know how obviously um, you know uh, inferior, inf- yeah, that's the word, inferior they are as a team in terms of quality, but. You know, they had some, uh, especially in the first kind of 25 minutes there, they had some nice fluid movement through the midfield on the counter. Um, you know, they had some some sort of drop-off plays there and uh, definitely tried to get in behind, um, you know, Militao there on, on a couple of occasions. Um, and they did get some great opportunities at the start there where Courtois, quite honestly, was had to be Courtois. Like, he had yeah. to be world-class to keep those out, and he did. Uh, but, you know, if one of those gets through, we're talking possibly about a different game. You know, they gave up a goal off a set piece, which is a bit of a, a disorganization and um, on their end. And then uh, obviously the second goal, we as we know, is, is a bit controversial and kind of a fluke, really. But at the end of the day, Madrid played like Madrid. You know, they I, one thing I really noticed and that I liked from, from Ancelotti's men was that, especially at the start, but also throughout the game, they suffocated Frankfurt. I mean, mm-hmm. Frankfurt had a really tough time stringing together passes. Um, you know, only on a couple of occasions were they really able to kind of do some quick maneuvers and get in behind and get some chances. But Real Madrid was all over them. Vinicius was very solid. He did a lot of good work on the wing there, obviously assisted Benzema, but 
to me, Vinicius is probably the man of the match in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. just, just he was very good. Casemiro had, Casemiro had an amazing game too. He did. Um, I, I, like a couple of things on Madrid before we move on. It's just, number one, I think that Rudiger is a better defender than Militao and I think he should be starting next to Alaba. Um, obviously, he, he played more on the left centre-back position uh, at Chelsea. Not the right side, but he's right-footed. He can definitely play on the right side um, uh, with alongside Alaba. That's how I would play. If you if you want to make it even stronger, I think Alaba is a better left-back than Mendy, right? But I don't know if I would trust Rudiger and Militao together in there too much. Um, so Alaba has to be a piece in there. That's one of the areas that I think by the end of the season, Rudiger is going to be a starter. Um, and then on the right... Yeah, and then on the right-hand side, um, offensively, so right wing, Valverde is amazing. He can play anywhere. He can adapt. But does he have end product? Uh, is he going to score from the right wing? Is he going to assist a lot by the right, from the right wing? Um, I don't think so. And that's one of the positions Asensio. where I, I think that, yeah, Asensio, but I don't think he's being trusted. He's trusted enough, you know? Ancelotti doesn't trust him enough. Same thing with Hazard, same thing with um, Lucas Vasquez or anyone who can play in that position. There's no trust. So I think that's one of the positions where Real Madrid could have gotten Donna early and gone for Nabri or Coman or Sterling or someone who plays on that. Oh, you know. <laughs> Rafinha, I don't know, someone, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, those those are my two bits from Real Madrid. Nope, that's that's a fair shout. And yeah, Casemiro played well, although we could be talking about something different. There were a couple occasions on those ah. breaks that he was exposed. So, um, you know, when they got by him there in the mid... But that just goes to show how important he is between the link of the, the defense and, and the midfield. Because um, when he gets caught, I mean, there's a, some, some huge breaks were there for Frankfurt that, you know, maybe they should have capitalized on. But nonetheless... Nonetheless, it was a great game, um, and uh, you know a lot going on, uh, especially leading up to the Serie A weekend. And we had a you know obviously a European final, and right back into the Premier League this weekend as well. So uh, it's a good time to be a soccer fan. So with that being said, why don't we jump into some extra time? Yes, yes sir. Stop uh, it! Stop, stop it! Is that? Oh, uh, this is what good. this is what we live for. This is what we live for. Is that in North America? Like, do the Europeans say stoppage and the Americans say extra? Is that kind of? I'm not sure. I think stoppage know? sounds nice. All or I know what nicer. the North American leagues do better is they got the spray paint for the free kicks, and that's that's what, you gotta stop them cheaters. Italy does that. Italy does that. The, the North Americans started it. Also, I saw I saw there was like a, a volley challenge. What is this? The NBA? Like, what are we trying to do here for the MLS? I saw Chicharito banging volleys in entertainment. Right? We know how to do entertainment <laughs> over here. Uh huh. Next All right, stoppage time. Let's go, let's go. Let's go into stoppage time. All right. So first on the docket, um, what I want to kind of start off with is um, I've, I've chosen a trio of games uh, this weekend. And, um, you know, obviously, if uh, if Oscar was here, he probably wouldn't be too happy. But nonetheless, first, I think, is probably the biggest game of the weekend is Chelsea versus Tottenham. Um, yes, it is. I want to do yes, a score prediction. Uh, so I want to jump. I'll, I'll start with Aaron, um, especially the betting man. So Aaron, uh, you lead us off. Who do you? What is your prediction for the game um, on Chelsea versus Tottenham? And if you have any gambling insight on on uh, you know some of the other gamblers out there, what do you think? Nothing, nothing too sexy with this game. I think Chelsea's gonna have a similar game like they did in the first game. They're gonna grind it out. Nil nil first half. So for our betters out there. Uh, under zero and a half goals for the first half. Great value there. 
don't know the odds too much yet, but I, I would say almost guaranteed you double your money at the minimum. So, and with a full time result of one one. One one, all right. Yeah. Draw both halves. That could be. Yeah, that draw, could be a good draw both halves, yeah. If it's if it's one one, draw both halves. I think the under zero and a half goals for the first half is is great, great value there. You wanna go for the risky one, you go for the halves. Um yeah. Okay, me, gosh. Ah I don't think Chelsea are gonna win this one, guys. Um, I mean, okay, I'm gonna say something right now. If Kovacic starts, we have a chance. <laughs> I swear, I swear. You could tell we missed him so much uh, against Everton. There was nothing creatively. There was nothing going forward. Um, we couldn't get past. You know, this guy dribbles through a line of defense. That's why he were able to go and link with the attack. I don't know. It's just I, I'm telling you. If he it plays, maybe we get a chance. If he plays, we get we get a chance. And I think that he didn't play a single minute because Tuchel wants to use him for Tottenham. I hope I'm right. Um, otherwise, we got no chance. I do think that Tottenham are a bit more confident at the moment. They did a lot better in the transfer window. Um, and these players have already kind of made their debuts and they're looking okay. Kane is probably hungry for goals because he couldn't get any in the first uh, match week. So I'm going to say a Tottenham win 2 1. Nice. Okay. Can someone save that recording and play it every time Ricardo brings up Chelsea moving forward? I'm sorry. Hey, I gotta be honest. You know, it's for it's for the, it's for the listeners. He's what you know. He's he's got to give his. At least, at least I said draw. This guy is basically saying they're gonna lose ten nothing. I actually have. A, so for <laughs> this one, I have, I have Tottenham winning three one. Um, yeah, I think. Um, and again, it's like you said, Ricardo. Um, I know you're a Kovacic guy, but I actually am on board with you on this. I think. Yeah, at the very least, they need to do something to get the creativity going in the midfield um, because they just had really nothing, um, nothing to show for in week one. Uh, they really got lucky there. and uh, The attack was was really concerning. Um, so I'm interested to see if uh, if, if, if Broja maybe gets a chance. I don't know. Thank uh, you for bringing that up. I hope, I hope because I can't, I don't know if I'll be able to watch another game where Sterling is a uh, false nine. Yeah, it clearly didn't work uh, in the first week there. So, um, but I do think that Conte has kind of got his team gelled here, and I think um, you know that front three of, of, of yeah. uh, Son, Kane, and Kulusevski is, is going to be really good. And uh, I'm curious to see uh, you know if Basuma is going to make a, an entrance or whatnot. But um, yeah, that's kind of what I think here. So we'll see we'll see how it turns out. But I think you're right. Tottenham does have the edge, just confidence wise overall. So. Moving on to the next one. Uh, next game I've chosen has been Arsenal versus Leicester. Uh, let's let's flip it uh, with Ricky. What do you? What's your uh, score prediction? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three one Arsenal. Um, they looked a lot better. Leicester kind of uh, they had a two goal lead and then just let it slip. And I think that they know they're gonna lose some players. You can tell. Um, and this, the atmosphere is not great around Leicester right now. And, and Arsenal is the complete opposite. Um, all the signings are doing well. They're performing. Um, Arteta's finally finding some some form with them and having them play like he wants to play or close to what he wants them to play at. So I think Arsenal are gonna. And they looked very very good against Crystal Palace, especially in that in that first half. So I'm gonna go with Arsenal uh, dominating on that game and and coming up with a three one win. And Gabriel is used to bag a couple. Ooh, all right. I like that. Adding the 
the players to score. That's that's something I want to add in the future to our stoppage times. But for today and time constraints, Aaron, what is your suggestion? Or suggestion? What is your prediction for Arsenal Leicester? Second consecutive clean sheet for Arsenal. Two nothing. Two nothing. Nothing again. Okay. Yeah, I actually had two nothing as no, well. No, no, Jamie Vardy. This guy loves playing against Arsenal. I'm telling you, it's a different Arsenal this year. Different Arsenal. Okay, um, they're going to finish with, with emphasis this year, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I had two nil for Arsenal, but I'm going to say three nil just to be, you know, so we all have something different. I love them in the first game. I think I'm going to keep a close eye on Arsenal because if this is the way Arteta is going to play his football and it's going to be effective, I am totally on board because they were so fun to watch against Crystal Palace. I think Zinchenko fits in like a glove. He's been amazing in his first game. I think Jesus has been, he had some golden opportunities there and has been good. Odegaard has been a solid presence. Um, and uh, obviously Martinelli getting on the board there too. So yeah, I'm, ex- I'm really, ex- I'm honestly, boys, I'm excited for Arsenal. But uh, you're, you're, you're off the podcast. Uh. <laughs> Hey man, if this is how they play, I'm 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 in it. You know, I'm all right. Fair enough. They've been doing well. Got yeah, it. it's been good. But we'll see. It's still early. Um, last one here. Um, let's flip it one last time. Aaron, you'll you'll start with this one. Um, really disappointing first week. But uh, Man U versus Brentford. Are we in for an upset or what? Actually, Man U is going to be losing at the end of the first half. They're away. They play at Brentford. Yeah, they play at Boy. Brentford. So I think I think it's gonna be a three-two Manchester United victory, or it's gonna be a two-two draw. Woof. So a possible second week upset for the new skipper there and Eric Ten Hag, um, unless they pull out the three-two win. But another upset. Manu is in the underdog. Maybe they should be though. I think every week should be an upset for them. I that think uh, I'll suck for them, but whatever. I don't care, Ricky. <laughs> You go. What's your predictive? I, I don't. I really don't know what to think with this one. Um, I don't know what to expect with United and ever. I'm gonna say if Ronaldo starts, it's a two-one win for United. If he doesn't, whether he plays forty-five or thirty or whatever, if he doesn't, it's a it's a two-one win for Brentford. That's how I'm going. Wow. Yeah. Ronaldo's the glue here. Why, why, yes. why does why does Ronaldo affect their defense? Because I don't know, these defenses is always crap. But I don't know, maybe like if Ronaldo starts and he you score an early goal, that just boosts your confidence a lot more, right? It's it's it allows for everything to kind of click a little bit more. Hopefully, this is what I'm hoping. You know, it happens. Um, but yeah, I think that otherwise, like if Ronaldo doesn't start, you don't score. Maybe you're one 0 down a half, like Aaron said, and then you come back. It's good. It's just a replay of of the. Um, Brighton game. Well, that's um, yeah. I mean, that's fair. You're definitely taking the mental side, right? So, you know, if they, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be based off of how their confidence is, right? Based off what happens. So, um, I'm gonna give a little bit more hope to the Red Devils. Um, I'm gonna say a two 0 win. Um, I think they're gonna kind of piece it together for 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 Brentford here. I mean, let's face it, like they were so bad um in the first game, and and I think Ronaldo's needed just to inject some confidence i mean put one of the greatest footballers ever on the pitch and 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 that should give you some confidence no those are some good guesses boys so uh let's uh, go back to those hopefully next week and see how we did and then we're going to quickly move over this is going to be a quick one so i don't want too much explanation here boys but okay. um but feel free to give a little snippet drop start um so yeah sorry what is it so it's drop start and bench start bench drop yeah yeah, yeah. 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 
So sit, drop, bet. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, so uh, start, sit, bench. No, start, sit, drop. God. Okay. Yes. What are you doing? I start, think drunk. start, bench, bench, drop. drop. I think I'm drunk. Anyways, they they understand. <laughs> the listeners understand. Go on. Go on. Um, first one, I'm going to throw an absolute curveball to you, boys, to start. Aye. Okay. Oh. Out of these three, Christine Sinclair, Abby Wambach, <laughs> or Marta from Brazil. Oh, <laughs> you can't go wrong with Marta, man. Okay. Um, can, I, can I go first here? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting. I'm starting the Brazilian. She's a truck. Hundred percent. Are you joking me? Marta is an animal. Uh, <laughs> I, I think this is a really, really easy one. Abby Wambach is highly overrated, in my opinion. Very overrated. Christine Sinclair, with not a lot of support for most of her career until she got older with her Canadian teammates, would absolutely light it up. Christine Sinclair is a world-class finisher of the soccer ball. She doesn't have too many chances in a game, and she always seems to pop them. For She's sure. always in the right place in the right time, and when you're doing that for 17, 20 years, that's not luck. So, Christine Sinclair bench and Abby Wambach drop. I think this is easy. I'm going to go with the same. I'm going to go with the same, to be honest. Um, obviously, Marta, no doubt. 100% starting Marta. Um, I, 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 was, I wouldn't say that I was as sure as Aaron with the other two. Um, I do think, I mean, Abby Wambach, I do think she's good good enough to be benched, <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, in this scenario, obviously. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I'll stick with Sinclair. I'll stick with Sinclair. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, this one, this one bothered me too. Um, but mostly because you guys have said what I kind of want to say. So, um, <laughs> what I'm going to go with, I'm going to, I'm going to start the, the Canadian icon, um, Christine Sinclair, Marta, it's, it's a coin flip. I mean, unbelievable footballer, um, could really honestly start over Christine Sinclair, but, yeah. um, just to be different, I'll go Christine Sinclair, start Marta, sit and Abby Wambach, although highly talented player, not today. I'm sorry. But still, <laughs> amazing talent, amazing career. What, what, what's the last one? Okay, the last one here is Francesco Totti. No, of course. Neymar. Oi. And Johan Cruyff. Oi. Well, that's not fair to Neymar. I'm talking about the footballer. Let's not necessarily talk about... Oh, okay, okay. okay. Perfect. We're talking about the footballer. The footballer. Well, that's that's what I want. The footballer. Not if they're legends, icons, whatever. The or that if they're like all oh, their injury history. Like no, like let's take the football. When I ask these questions, I want to hear your choices at with the footballer at the highest point of their career. Neymar starts. Neymar. Wow. Starts. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Hey, is that the footballer? Come on. No, you yeah, can't react I, like that. No, it's a good. It's a hot take. I love it. Well, listen, obviously, none of us watched uh, enough of, uh, well, or Johan Cruyff at all, right? Um, excuse, okay. But yeah, um, and, and so it's going to be shocking. I'm sorry, but Neymar, number one. Francesco Totti, at his best, number two. I'm benching him. And Johan Cruyff, I'm sorry, I didn't watch you enough. And it's just a different style of, of player, too, right? Different times you know the football was different back then uh defending was different back then 
obviously he was ahead of his time, but I'm 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 sorry. I'm I'm dropping him. Poor Clark. The guy's got a turn named after him. <laughs> I'm starting Cruyff. I obviously didn't watch Cruyff either, but I've seen highlights. This guy's an absolute machine. So I'm starting Johan Cruyff with Neymar. The greatest, the greatest ability is availability. Ah, the classic sports term. It is. It is. Neymar could be the most talented player of all time, but if he's playing ten games a season, who does that help? But that's not that's not the that's not the criteria. I, I want you to answer like based off of the player's footballing ability. Like, let's say clean slate. None of them have an injury history. None of them have anything. Like, just it's Neymar, man. hundred percent Neymar. Well, then that, that's a hypothetical. But like, he does have the injury history and okay, fair. Yeah, I mean, that's a, issues and you know if, if it was a hypothetical then he's up there he's up there otherwise so, but I am but I am benching Neymar and, and, and thought he can go to our listeners I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, Aaron's Thailand podcast as this will be his last episode <laughs> so there's uh, no one that <laughs> then it's just me Ricky's monologue <laughs> just Ricky crying about Chelsea. Uh, so I'm going to start Totti. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to me, Totti is a top five player of all time. Don't at me. Um, just an absolutely sublime player. Um, you talk about talent, vision, skill, creativity, finishing, everything about this guy. Okay, is okay. Everything about this guy. Is you know, I'm uh, talking about his facial hair and his, his diet and his, his shoulders and stuff or what? Well, I mean, yeah, if you want to dive into that, I mean, he does, he's got some good <laughs> hair. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. Let's uh, just keep the, you said the footballer, you said, Gio. Yeah, the footballer. <laughs> Totti. Uh, Totti for me to start. Kukiayo. And then based off of talent, it's, it's Neymar for me to sit and then Cruyff was amazing. He was, but um, you know, those guys to me just were more talented. Uh, and since we all have different answers here, can we put? We should put a vote out to the viewers. No, we should just say that you know, Cruyff. I'm not dropping him. I'm just. I'm gonna make him my sporting director. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Lovely. Like, uh, like no one's unemployed. Johan <laughs> Cruyff can be your Ted Lasso. We'll, we'll, we'll ask the people. That's that's the best way, right? Um, very last uh, segment here. This is going to be rapid fire. So I just want to hear. This is a what are the odds, and I want you um, to put a percentage on the likelihood of these things happening. One, Fofana will be a Chelsea player. Two percent. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> Bayern will make the UCL final two, and Napoli will qualify for the Champions League next year. Okay. Fofana, 100% Chelsea player. Um, okay, I'll go 90, just to be serious. 95. Sure. 97. Um, <laughs> and then Bayern making the Champions League final, 30%. Um, what was the last one? Napoli making top four. So yeah, Napoli qualifying for the Champions League. They haven't missed one in a while. Get out of here. Get out of here okay. with that one. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, he's just taking it. Um, okay. But 20%. All right, Aaron. Do you need me to repeat those, or do you are you are you feel good about it? Those three. No, I'm good. Ninety. I'd say ninety percent for Fana to be on Chelsea. Sixty percent for Bayern. Wow. Make the Champions League final. I am on the bull market, and for Napoli to join, make the Champions League two percent. 
no chance. Ah, well done. Ah. Love it. Wow. Yo. Wow, they're getting roasted here, and I love it. Um, Fofana <laughs> being a Chelsea player, I am going to say 51%. Um, I very much think that this is a joke. This couldn't. This could maybe not happen, um, especially with some other teams joining the fray. Leicester might price out Chelsea. Bayern making the UCL final. I'm going to go with 19%. I don't think they'll make the <laughs> final. I think that they'll, they'll fare relatively far. But like I like I said earlier in the episode, there's, the other teams are too good. Um, and Napoli qualifying for the Champions League. <laughs> um, this was kind of just more of a dunk on them, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one and a half percent. Just to just to backhand them. If they make it, I'm gonna look like such an ass. But you know what? We all will. Before we finish, I just want to add. One little thing uh, on Twitter, I asked uh, the followers to give us their hot take of the moment. And just say which one of these three you agree with the most. All right. All right. Let's hear it. Number number one, Gerard Piquet is the best defender of the last 15 years. Number two, Antoine Griezmann's prime is better than Eden Hazard's prime. Number three, and this, I don't know who could have said this, but I agree. Eden Hazard is the solution to Chelsea's attacking issues. The third guy is just a attention seeker. Uh, <laughs> could have been me. That could have been me. <laughs> I saw the Hazard and Griezmann comparison. I hope some people understand there's a difference between a hot take and a dumb take. Wow. <laughs> so which one? Which one would you agree with then? I just can't Best think of defender? defenders off the top. Fifteen years. Past fifteen years, like okay. Seven. Okay, there was another one related to PK, and it was that he's top three to five defenders of all time. Yeah, okay. so so again. I don't want to say dumb because I don't want to offend anybody, but <laughs> yeah. it's dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's dumb. Okay, which one do you disagree with the least? Okay, Ricky, what is this? Just some ploy for us to say you? <laughs> <laughs> Is this, is this the your, the approval that you need? Yes. Like, you, I, I need it. Come on. Aiden Hazard is the solution to Chelsea's problems. No, he's past his prime. He's not the same hey, guy. Picture this. Picture this. Picture this. Aiden Hazard on the left. Aubameyang in the middle. Or the pie. Hopefully, I would, the I would love that. And Sterling on the right. Yeah, you guys don't need Fofana. Go get a go. Spend all that money on a on a on a striker. The Greek, the Greek's been taking shocking, and he had one. Yeah, that's a that's a tough tough sell, <laughs> and especially in like a farmers league compared to the EPL. Like, come on. Yeah, one yeah. road top was garbage on Barcelona. Um, garbage. Now he dropped from the lineup. Oh, didn't I say this? Didn't I say this? I said that when we did the the overrated yeah, players. I yeah. said it. I, this guy has never scored over twenty two goals in the league. And then PK, top three defender of all time. Are you, <laughs> you want to get roasted on our podcast with some interesting takes? Follow us at, at Backroom Footy and send yeah. them in. We love you guys. We might not agree with you, but we still love you. So, <laughs> uh, great. That was a good episode, fellas. Thanks for tuning in. Um, again, as Aaron said, follow us at Backroom Footy on Twitter. Uh, we're always very involved and love to engage. So, um, yeah. Uh, tune in for the next episode here um, and hope to see you guys soon see you guys catch you in the next one cheers